It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Some of the most important features of the recent economic stimulus have been directed to small businesses. And whether you own a small business or you're employed by one, it's important to know what kind of help has been directed your way. We're making sense of the CARES Act and other relief aid for small businesses on today's episode of the Wise Money Show. My goodness, if you have questions, reach out. Um, Typically, this is a call for questions for the show, and you can always send those over. But for you small businesses, and I'm talking small business owners, managers, or just a team member, this stuff is confusing. If you're unsure if you guys are taking your right next step, contact us. You can do so a few different ways. You can call us or text us at 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, you can follow us there and you can reach out to us there as well. Just search The Wise Money Show wherever you're at. All right, guys, before we get into the CARES Act and all of the minutiae, and we won't get too deep in it, but we'll just tell you what you need to know. How do you interpret what's going on in the market right now? Uh, Boy, this has been an interesting ride, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, I I personally have been referring to this as just a classic event-driven bear market. And um, a lot of people are like, classic, what are you talking about? We've never seen anything like this before. And sure, it has been one of the steepest, fastest declines in history. However, it still has all the same ingredients that a typical bear market would have. You, th- this thing started because investors had gotten too complacent with risk. We had kind of assumed that the good times were going to keep on rolling indefinitely. And then the second ingredient is what is the spark. It's, it's a surprise that comes along. And sometimes in history, that surprise has been a war or an oil crisis or someone flies a plane into a building. Uh, a historic, um, you know, Wall Street bank goes, goes bankrupt. Um, you know, whatever the, the triggering event is, that second um, ingredient, if you will, it's what sends things down because uh, investors are suddenly waking up to the fact that, oh, yeah, maybe the good times won't just keep on rolling uninterrupted indefinitely forever. And that's, you know, this is the first time in, in generations that it's been a pandemic that caused that mm-hmm. to, to decline. But this one is unique in the sense that bear markets are always predicting a recession that's coming. It's, it's predicting where the economy is going. And this time, the economy, you know, stalled immediately because it was basically just put on hold and the bear market happened almost simultaneously. Yeah, that, that's the tricky thing about this recent bounce back in the stock market is, is the market telling us that, hey, this is going to be a V-shaped quick recovery because the market is a leading indicator of the economy. Or is this a little bit of greed mixed in to, um, to the pool here based on the unprecedented stimulus that we're going to be you know, keep talking about here in just a moment. Kevin, what's your take? 
this is these are very interesting times that you know when people talk about the market being in some sort of a free fall it's not it's it it, it did a power dive so the the fastest dr- decline in history as we're watching kind of peak to trough and now it's come back and it does appear as though the market the stock market is climbing the mountain of cash that the fed has put in to support um to to get on the other side of all kinds of different bad bets and bail out the uh, money guys. And I would say the money guys are the people um, in the financiers and the people that they don't produce anything. They just make money with money. So those guys, um, unfortunately, depending on your perspective, are getting bailed out as well um, because of the uh, different types of instruments they've used that work in good times and when things work. But what we're seeing is really unprecedented. And it does it does feel a little bit like we're living in a movie. And I don't know about you, I'd rather watch a movie than live in one. <laughs> because you know it, it, with, it, with a movie, if it's bad, you can just, you can turn it off. Um, or you can, if you wanna know how it ends, you can fast forward to the end. Uh, we're we're not we're we're just we're living that movie and trying to figure it out. I I would imagine if you're asking for what my call is, and I have no idea. I mm-hmm. uh, anyone who tells you they know is totally wrong. I would imagine we're gonna with uh, another six million unemployment uh, claims this past week. I would imagine that that's probably going to happen. Um, for a number of weeks, and we'll get to twenty or thirty million unemployed. I don't know. I don't know where we'll, it's going to go, but I'm assuming the pricing th- that the stock market has been doing to to suggest, hey, this might be a V-shaped recovery. I think that that might be erased at some point, mm-hmm. and it it might acknowledge that this might be a U-shaped recovery because. It, as I as I read the headlines and it said Americans are losing their jobs at a historic pace, the next thing the, the next headline that I'm waiting for is what are what's what are they losing next? Are they losing their cars? Are they losing their homes? Are they? It's like this bad country song. Well, you I mean we we heard we heard it. What comes next? We actually heard it before the, the day before the unemployment came out. The headline was a third of Americans did not pay their rent for April. And so I, you know, I, anytime you're trying to argue with Wall Street, that that's that's a dangerous game. Th- saying I know more than Wall Street, that's a very dangerous game. And so you want to make sure that you have an investment system where it doesn't rely on that, that that works in good times and in bad times, where you don't have to grab the wheel and try to um, gamble. My kids asked me what gambling was yesterday, and I told them, <laughs> I looked them right in the eye and I said, it's investing. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's very different. Oh, I, I said it's a chance that you could lose all your money because you're saying this is going to happen and you might be right, you might be wrong. That is not investing. And if you start saying, I know more than Wall Street and therefore I'm going to do this, um, you run the risk of making a, a big, big, big blunder, financial blunder, so much so that either financially you don't recover or emotionally you don't recover and then you're out of the game. Um, so, so don't don't do that. Make sure you've got a good system. The only hope, in my opinion, that there is for a V-shape recovery 
is this stimulus that we're going to be paying for for eons and eons and eons. But in the short term, Josh said last week, it's like a firefighter who's fighting a fire. They're not trying to figure out how many gallons of water. and No, they'll pour on as much water as it takes. And that's really what our what Congress has done. Now, they also made it as complicated as possible. I think they did come out and say, how can we make this thing the most confusing thing on the planet? And they've done that. They certainly have achieved that. So we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to break it down. The very first and, and, and I guess let me let me just preface a bit, if you if I can. There's sort of five stimulus areas that impact your small business. And um, I'll tell you, the first two that we're going to hit a lot of financial professionals believe that they're the same thing. In fact, even some CPAs we were talking to this week said that, oh, yep, these are the same thing. No, they're very different. They have different features and very different benefits. What I'm talking about is hard for me to pronounce for some reason, but the Paycheck Protection Program, nice job, the PPP loan, and then the other one is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. E-I-D-L. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. But those are two different loan programs. Um, sort of, they were uh, kind of birthed from the CARES Act, and they're connected to the SBA. And so we're going to tell you the difference between the two. Not all the details, but enough so that you know what to do and what your next wise step is. So we've got that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What is the Paycheck Protection Program and should your small business be applying for it? Should you have already applied for it? That, that's what we're going to explain here in just a second. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. To stay up to date on all the Wise Money content, You'll find us online at thewisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media. Just search The Wise Money Show. Follow us there so you're up to date as we're posting new content about what's going on in the crisis and what's going, what you need to be doing in your finances. So wherever you're at in social media, just search The Wise Money Show and follow us there. All right. So we're talking about the CARES Act. This is part two of a two-part series about this enormous new law that changed a lot of the game in finances to help the economy stimulates here. And one of the major, major parts is the aid that um, it's bringing to small businesses. And in particular, the one that's caught a lot of attention is something called the Paycheck Protection Program Loan. This is very confusing, but very interesting. Josh, can you help us understand it? Yeah, I've been fascinated by this, and I spent a lot of time actually reading the bill and trying to get my mind wrapped around this. And um, it's interesting because you can see what the the legislative intent was here by the strings that are attached to this program. Essentially, you know, if, if the government wants to get money dumped out into the hands of small business owners, um, you wouldn't just drop money in their laps like is happening with um, the, the recovery rebates that are going to taxpayers. You know, those $1,200 checks, those are going straight in your bank account. But that's not how it's going to work with small businesses. They're, they're creating these strings attached by calling it a loan. You know, it's a loan that they can take, but as long as they use the, the funds for the intended purposes, which are to 
keep the doors open, keep the lights on, keep the people paid, right? Mm-hmm. It, this is intended to help. Um, ultimately, most of this is going to land in the employee's hands. So it's another bailout. We, we call it a small business bailout in a way, but um, ultimately this is going to Americans' pockets through a paycheck. Yeah, so, so the big idea here is this is a, a, a loan through the Small Business Association. You've got to go through an SBA-approved lender to apply for it. So reach out to us if you have questions, but ultimately um, you got to go through an SBA lender to, to apply for it. It's a low-interest, short-term loan that has a forgivable feature. So how much is the loan? It's two and a half times your average monthly payroll. And they define payroll the only way Congress can, which is in a confusing way. So make sure you're working with someone as you figure that out. But two and a half times your monthly payroll, your monthly average payroll. And then that's your loan, okay? And then once you're approved and you receive that money, how much of it is forgiven? It's the the amount that's forgiven is the amount of that loan that you use for a few certain things, payroll is one, and rent and u- utilities over the next eight weeks. So it's really designed for businesses. I mean, if you think about it, unemployment stepped in for, pe- for, for businesses that just needed to furlough employees and let people go. But what about the business who's had revenue dried up, but they still need to keep their oper- to, to stay operating because you need certain employees or hopefully you're, you need, still need all of your employees and you're still paying rent and you're still paying utilities. If, if the economy is shut down, how do you get money to, to make sure your business doesn't go under? Enter the Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah. So, I, I love this uh, plan. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who just don't trust it. In fact, there's a, there may be other radio hosts out there that are saying, um, don't even do it. You know, this is a loan. You shouldn't ever take a loan. Well, I, you know what? Uh, it's called a loan so that, you know, Congress can joystick this money and direct where it goes. But as long as you use it for its intended purposes, those payroll expenses, which include, by the way, contributions to retirement plans, from the employer to the employee, and also health uh, health care or health insurance premiums. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big deal. It, it allows maybe a many small businesses to have confidence that they've got cash to get them through the next eight weeks so that they don't have the knee-jerk reaction to just start laying people off or furloughing their employees. Yeah, and I've talked with a number of small business owners, and my question to them is, hey, have you applied for the loan? Because that, if if you're looking 30,000 feet up and you're kind of looking down at this thing and you say, well, what what are all of the details that I need to know? Um, I wouldn't get too hung up on that. And it's it's sometimes it's it's tempting to just say it's so complicated, I'm going to not function. And you could be looking at what's happened in the last six weeks and you you might not be functioning at your peak as it is right now. So to try and navigate through this thing, and, and you might say, hey, I'm a small business. I don't have a corporate accountant. I don't have a CFO. I don't have a controller. I don't have all of these people. Um, that, might, that might be one of the challenges. Another challenge might be I don't have a, an established banking relationship. Yeah, many, many SBA lender banks have said we're not going to uh, serve new clients. 
Uh, you got to be an existing client of ours. I'm facing that right now with a, with one of my clients who's saying, hey, my bank is not an SBA approved lender. Yeah, that, and that's a problem. And, you know, you don't want to villainize these banks because the reality is they are being overwhelmed by the number of small businesses that are applying for this. They They only have so many resources to be able to serve so many people. And if brand new relationships come out of the woodwork, they'll be completely overrun. Right. And the tricky thing about a brand new relationship is the bank has – a program like this is going to be fraught with fraud. We, You just know that. That's going to be happening. A bank has know your customer rules just like we do in the securities business. So they have to verify the legitimacy and the identity of every new person that's coming on. And these guys are just absolutely buried in in trying to get these loans out. And even though one of our show sponsors, uh, First State Bank, was the the second bank in Indiana to get one of these loans approved, they're, they still have a, a, a mountain of work to do. They're, they're working hard. They're working around the clock. But it's hard, especially when not everyone's in the office. I mean, these are these are very interesting times. Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons that many small business owners are getting hung up on this program is, yes, it seems complicated. Maybe it seems too good to be true, and they don't trust whether or not they can actually count on the money being forgiven. But there's also a provision that says they have to certify in good faith that the economic uncertainty that they're facing is is requiring that they they need this money to help get through this period of time to help support their ongoing normal business operations and some business owners are like well you know it hasn't been that bad yet or i i don't know if i can really say that and so it's causing them to just stop and um you know this is a time to be reaching out to a trusted advisor who can help you kind of think through, does this program apply to you? Or do you need to be looking at some of the other programs that are built into the CARES Act instead? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them in particular, we're going we're gonna to introduce now and break it down. And that's the Economic Injury and Disaster Loan. And, and that is, um, so if the, if the Paycheck Protection Program is a, is a low interest rate short-term loan, the EIDL is a low interest rate long-term loan. If you're running a small business and you say, listen, the aid that I need, the loan, the support that I need, it goes beyond two and a half times my monthly payroll. I, 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 need, I need a longer extension of credit here, and the revenue has just stopped. And so going through conventional means to get a loan from the bank just really doesn't seem possible right now because the, the finances of my business look so uncertain. Where is my lifeline? It's the, it's the EIDL. The loan can be up to $2 million and be the repayment stretched over many, many years. We're going to tell you a little bit more about that as well as a few other small business benefits in the CARES Act. That and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Just this past week, there was yet another stimulus that's been rolled out to help small businesses. It really looks like it's an extension of the CARES Act, but it's now, what is that, the fourth stimulus package. So we're breaking it down for you. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, as always, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. 
Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, and don't forget, subscribe to it, turn on notifications. We're posting daily videos about what you should be doing in your financial life in the midst of this crisis. And of course, every episode, the full episode, even bonus content during the breaks is right there at the YouTube channel. So check it out, YouTube, search The Wise Money Show. All right, so a little bit left to hit on the second big aid to small businesses during the CARES Act, and that's the Economic Injury and Disaster Loan. So again, let me just hit the, the highlights so you're aware. It's different than the PPP because there really isn't a forgiveness program, okay? The PPP loan is a short, is a low interest short-term loan that has a forgivable feature. The Economic Injury Disaster Loan, EIDL, is a low-interest, long-term loan. The loan can be up to $2 million. You can get a $10,000 advance of it um, if for certain qualifications, and then that part can be forgiven. By the way, it goes against your uh PPP loan. Oh my goodness, so confusing. But it's a, it's a, it can be a higher loan, much longer term. Anything I'm missing, Josh? No, I would just maybe say that this is a more traditional approach to getting a loan as well, where there is collateral involved. And um, although you can get a loan up to $200,000 without having a personal guarantee attached to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those who are sensitive to, well, I don't want to I don't want to be borrowing money. It feels like I'm getting kicked while I'm down, you know, when you have to borrow money during um, a, a major crisis like this. However, again, this is another form of lifeline, potentially, that you have a long time to pay back at a very low interest rate. And some people may start applying some creativity to this and using it um, maybe to refinance some debt. You just have to be careful and and totally understand the the provisions of this because there are some limitations where you can't be using this loan to cover the exact same things that the PPP loan uh, were being used for. Yeah, yeah. So keep that in mind. Really, your banker should be the one who is um, helping steer you through all of this as well. I, so that so if you're if you're interested in this or you're unsure again, it, not just if you own a small business, if you lead a small business, if you lead a team, or if you just work at a small business, you've got to at least know these things to say. Well, what step should I take? Um, so if, you, if you're interested, this one, you apply directly through the SBA, but I'd still talk to your banker about it. Hey, can we say one more thing? Because the definition of small business. Oh, yeah. Some people may not see themselves as a small business because you're just a sole proprietor. You're a, you're a subcontractor somewhere. These programs have been expanded to the point where, you know, the definition of small business is, is much more broad than ever before. So, you know, on that PPP loan that we were discussing in the last segment, even um, many 501c3 nonprofit organizations, many charities actually um, can benefit from that program. Same thing with with some of these sole proprietors. You you may not have seen yourself as really um, having these available to you in the past, and all of a sudden the rules have changed to expand who can benefit. All right. So... uh, yeah, so I, I in so Josh, I want to back up for a sec to your point. You know, you you talked about f- kind of feeling like you're getting kicked when you're down here, and so the only thing worse than being in dire straits financially and taking a loan is not having a loan available. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is goes back to the first segment when Mike's kids asked him about Daddy, what is gambling? This is gambling. 
when my business is on the rocks, I don't know if I'm going to survive, and I have to make a decision, I'm either going to lever up on risk and borrow money that I may or may not be able to pay back, and the and I can the boat can float again and be able to pay the money back, or I'm going to throw in the towel. And this is this is and you might be at that point, and you might be feeling despair. And if you are, reach out and get some help. I would just add one other thing, and this is not the intent of this show, but there's another option there. It's not just one of those two. It's innovate. And innovate makes some tough decisions. And when I, I love looking at great businesses, especially great small businesses, and established 1928, 1929, 1930. These crises require people to to come up with their best and innovate. And I am excited about the innovation that small businesses are going to need to do in response to this crisis. So um, so that's don't, don't just say that's silver lining, that's the real deal. Okay, then the third stimulus to help small businesses as part of the CARES Act is the employee retention credit. Now this is really designed for businesses that have seen a steep decline in revenue. In fact, they call it um, a 50% decline that quarter compared to the same quarter your previous year. So what's required there? You need to have good books and records. <laughs> make, right. sh- make sure you've got your accounting up to date. The other trigger that can uh, make you eligible for this is that the government required you to shut down mm-hmm. suspended operations for a period of time as well. And basically, what is this? It is a credit that you get for continuing to pay your employees during that either shutdown, required shutdown, or severe revenue drop. And um, basically, you can get a credit for up to ten grand per employee. I think if I'm reading this right, um, and that credit goes against your payroll taxes. So that's a way to give you that money or have that money available to you immediately. So you've got to have a steep decline and you've got to keep your employees on payroll. This is a way to help the not overrun the unemployment system. It's also different though than another provision that's baked into the CARES Act that allows small business owners to postpone the payment of their payroll taxes. So you, you may have never given it much thought before, but your employer uh, has to pay in a portion of your Social Security and Medicare taxes every pay period. Mm-hmm. Um, they send that in on a quarterly basis, most firms, um, but they're allowed to hang on to that cash, uh, allow it to stay in their coffers a little longer um, to get through this crisis. They can postpone those payments, but this one that you were just referring to is an actual credit, and credit is an important word because it puts money in the pocket of the business for doing something that Congress has said is really important. Yeah, that actually happened uh, last year with a, a local company that uh, was a payroll provider. <laughs> oh, Jeez. my goodness. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad you made this <laughs> distinction because this is also very, very confusing. A lot of small business owners are confusing the PPP and the EIDL. And a lot of small businesses are confusing the employee retention credit and the payroll tax deferral. A credit, like Josh said, keeps money in your pocket. It means you don't have to pay the tax, okay? But the payroll tax deferral, I don't have a lot of people wanting to take advantage of that. But it's basically um, the payroll taxes that you otherwise would need to pay from March 27 until of 2020 until 1231 of 2020, you can actually not pay those and keep those in your pocket and then pay half of those 
in 2021 and the other half in 2022. So what is that? Why would you do it? It's a short-term loan. It's a short-term loan from the government. You still owe the money to the government, but they're letting you keep it in your pocket. And it's an interest-free short-term yeah. loan as well. Just mm -hmm. be careful because the way out of a hole is not to dig deeper. Yeah. Right. So this is this is a way that we've seen lots of folks get in trouble. I, the, the, here again, I, you need wisdom to navigate this. Not just to know the rules, but to know what the appropriate step is is for you. The Wise Money Show, we're helping provide some of that baseline for you, but you need a personal financial planning relationship to figure out what would wisdom do and what's my next wise step in the face of this. So if that's your small business, make sure you reach out and get some help. All right, uh, one more item in the stimulus package. We've got that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. We're breaking down the CARES Act, the economic stimulus to you, and a couple more things to hit for small businesses, but then we're going to wrap it up with a few more applications for you individually. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you listen to podcast, uh, you'll find the Wise Money Show every single episode, the full thing right there on podcast. Wherever you listen, if that's iTunes or Google Play or wherever it is, just search the Wise Money Show, sign up for it, and rate the show. That helps other people find us. Thank you very much. All right, so I said at the, at the onset that if you were to make it really, really simple, because, again, that's what we're trying to do with this really complex CARES Act, um, that there, there are five real meaningful provisions to help small businesses. And this is where, Josh, your wisdom uh, earlier to define small business really applies, because they're defining small businesses as 500 or fewer, or fewer than 500 employees. But that also applies if you are a one-man band or a one-person band, but that doesn't rhyme as well. Or a well. gig employee. Uh, or a gig employee, a freelancer, that sort of thing. You're included in this, and you're really included in this fifth one here. And that is something called pandemic unemployment assistance. So let me talk to you if you are a barber, if you are a hairstylist, if you are an independent contractor, if you thought it was a good idea to take the early buyout package from your employer and just work as a contractor for the next several years before you wanted to retire. I'm talking to you. If you are an outside salesperson for your company and because you're outside and because you get to choose your own process, your own approach, you, you are an independent contractor, this applies to you. If all of those things that I said and more, if you're not able to do it anymore, you have no revenue coming in. And if you don't have revenue coming in, you might say, I need that PPP loan because it'll be forgiven. That's an injection in cash. But if you don't have an employee to keep paying or you're not paying rent because you work out of your car or on the phone, that PPP loan does not apply to you. So what could apply to you? Unemployment insurance. Now, this one baffles me because you've never paid into unemployment. 
if you're not sure how money even gets there, it actually you're a, a, an employer pays into unemployment every year for its employees, every year. Um, but for, for self-employed, for sole uh, proprietors, you don't pay into unemployment. And yet, out of the foresight of Congress, they enabled, they created a provision, it's actually a new program called Pandemic Unemployment Insurance, which allows people that otherwise wouldn't be eligible for unemployment to receive it. That's right. This is really a big deal. It's kind of a game changer. And it's kind of um, married to another unemployment enhancement that we talked about a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, we've seen these staggering numbers of all of a sudden people filing for unemployment. Why is that happening? Partially because some small businesses just need to catch their breath a little bit. They need to hit the pause button. They're furloughing employees, maybe very temporarily. We'll see. Um, but they're doing so, at least some of them that I've spoken with, because they recognize that their employees are going to get not only the normal unemployment that a state provides, but also uh, a federal benefit that enhances it. It's an extra $600 per week above and beyond what the state is offering. That's for 16 weeks long. So there are many people that could be getting as much as o- almost $1,000 per week, you know, not working. Mm-hmm. For, for some, that may even feel like a pay raise as well. So um, th- this unemployment benefit is really, it's meant to keep people at home and not be in crisis mode as much because being at home is what helps with the healthcare side of all this. Yeah. But uh, it's helping to alleviate the economic pain that people are feeling when they get laid off. You want my prediction? Sure. Um, there is no free lunch that, so so even to say I'm getting this from the government, the government doesn't have any money, as Kevin loves to point out, and, and that's such helpful reminder for your thinking. Because if you let your brain say I'm getting this from the government um, and, and you don't recognize where it comes from, it's like saying I'm getting my chicken from the grocery store. Well, nope, they actually get it from real chickens, farmers, right? And so um, with this... I wonder if they will introduce a new unemployment tax for small businesses. Small businesses, if, you, if you're an independent contractor, you already feel like you're getting raked over the coals because you've got to pay both sides of FICA. They call it self-employment tax. You've got to pay self-employment tax. You've got to pay your federal. You've got to pay your state and local. I wonder if they introduce a new unemployment tax. It could be. And if you're at all a conspiracy theorist, and I try to not be one, but I do enjoy uh, listening to those guys. I mean, a lot of those guys are saying, look, all of this, all of these things are in essence just bailing out the banks and making sure that the banks don't fail. Because the money, your your $1,000 a month of unemployment or a week of unemployment, that's going to go to the bank. It's going to cover your car payment. It's going to cover your house payment. It's going to cover your student loan payment. It's going to cover your rent payment. Uh up and down the line. So if you are, if you've always been the person who's levered up with debt and said, hey, I've got $300 a month, therefore I can drive a car and I've got this, therefore this, um, this is this is where the tide is going out and we'll see who's wearing a bathing suit. Well, is that really the lesson though? And I, there's a couple more things we need to hit here, but one of the um, moral hazards in all of this is hmm, 
at how quick the government was and how broad the stimulus is, you might say, well, I don't. I guess I didn't need that emergency fund. What do I need to prepare for? Yeah, and 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 I think more so as we wrap up the discussion about small businesses. I think more so um, for some small businesses, it's see. I guess I didn't need to run my business like I was trying to run my household. I didn't need that cash reserve. I didn't need to have these protections in place, this margin in place. We can run it though. You know, I can bring the bank account down to zero on December 31st every year. Um, and I'd say that's not principle-based. And so I would, I'd, very, I'd very much caution you from taking that lesson away. It's not principle-based. And you know we've seen in history where what we assume to be true turns out to not be true. And that's what caught Lehman Brothers in the last uh, meltdown that we had in 2008. They went bankrupt because surely the government wouldn't let a bank fail like this, right? Not one as big as Lehman Brothers. So you're exactly right. There are some moral hazards here. There are some um, almost unintended learnings. And you know that when this is all said and done, there are going to be some some lessons that we can all pull from this. And we'll be talking about them right now when people are genuinely scared and hurting isn't isn't a time to say, I told you so. And we're not doing that. However, our hope is that maybe some of the silver lining in all of this crisis will be that you know, people realize, yeah, I, I need to make sure I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. I need to, that emergency fund that people are always talking about, oh, I, I can see how that actually matters yeah. now. And so if, if this if this unemployment is a little boost, it is a raise, um, we told you last week, don't get used to that. Be, be, um, be a good steward of that. And that might be, if it is a raise, be, you know, setting some money aside. All right, a couple other features here that apply to individuals within the CARES Act. Now, this one I actually like um, yeah, because we're big fans of the, uh, the HSA, not because we're big fans of high-deductible health plans. It just puts the health insurance, your health costs, makes you personally responsible for those and more aware of it. And with rising health care costs, many companies are turning to high-deductible health plans. So the HSA is a savings account that you can create if you have a qualifying high deductible health plan, you put money into that HSA and on the way in it avoids tax and then you use the money for the right things for medical expenses and it comes out avoiding tax. Well, within the CARES Act, they made a permanent rule change with HSAs. Permanent, not just for this year. Many of the provisions are just for this year. This one's permanent. And that is you can now use your HSA to purchase over-the-counter medications, even for women, feminine products, are now all qualified, eligible medical expenses for HSA use. So almost anything in CVS. <laughs> Isn't it interesting, though? That's how it used to be. When HSAs came out, you used to be able to purchase over-the-counter medications. And then uh, during the Obama administration, they took that away. They were kind of chipping away at the goodness of the HSA. Now it's being re-expanded, and I, I couldn't be happier about that. I know. It never made sense why they chipped it away. It, did, it really didn't make sense. Well, it does make sense if there's, I mean, if there's, there's two schools of thought. One school of thought is people should pay for their own stuff, and the other is you should give your money to the government, and the government should pay for your stuff. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what, what side of that coin you end up on. Um, I would I would caution while you collect your, your that next thought, Kevin. I'd caution you for just going out and using this to now buy Advil and everything else. Make sure if you have a medical emergency, what could that be? Oh, 
the coronavirus and and you you know you have some medical complications or whatever and you you then hit your deductible your HSA can be a type of medical emergency fund if you start using it for Advil um, it might not be there when you need it so just be wise yeah, and we know this. You're, you're not using that HSA to buy toilet paper because you can't find it. <laughs> That's right. All right, a couple other enhancements we'll probably, we'll probably call it after this, and that is dealing with student loans. Um, Josh, can you touch on these or just introduce yeah. them? Well, so there's a provision in, um, in this stimulus package that allows student loan borrowers, uh, recent graduates, uh, to postpone or to pause the payment on their student loans until September 30th of this year. And during that time, um, you're not going to be penalized for uh, stopping your payments. You're also not going to have your interest accruing on these. And this, this is for federal, federally backed student loans in particular. There's also another provision that's built in that allows um, small business owners to help pay student loans for their employees up to $5,250 can go towards the repayment of an employee's student loans without it counting as income to them. Does that have to go directly to the student loan or can it be filtered through the employee? I can't remember or don't or I actually don't know yeah. don't know the answer to that. But I, that's a new feature that has not existed before. Yeah, and that that's a way to for those of you that are um, are wanting to help small business or excuse me want to help your employees maybe during this challenging time in your small business either has the resources or you've done well or or you're holding up okay um then that's that's a good option but what if it was even just a a, a, almost a strategy that you enter into with your employee what if you allowed them to reduce their paycheck in exchange for you making payments on this here's the deal if if an employee got five thousand two hundred fifty dollars without any taxes um, that, that puts them in a position where they're saving anywhere from thirteen dollars to $1,800 worth of tax just by sending the money to their uh, student loan instead of to them. As Kevin says, that's real money. That's real money. All right. I hope this has helped you. And, and the CARES Act is very complicated. But once again, turn to your certified financial planner to figure out how you make sense of all this and how you take your next wise step. Don't have one? Reach out to us. We'd love to help. Find us online, corhorn.com. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, myself, and Josh Gregory, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.